0: got my mind on you and everywhere I turn is a reminder
1: morning. Welcome to Barah Ministries, an intimate local Christian church with a worldwide impact. My name is Pastor Rory Clark. Thanks for listening to this Bible lesson. Why did God the Father create Barah Ministries? Through Barah Ministries, God the Father gives you a place to worship the one and only true God, the Lord Jesus Christ. 1 John chapter 5 verse 20 says this, And we believers in Christ know that the Lord, the Son of God, has come to earth in human form, and he has given us understanding so that we may know God the Father who is true. And as believers, we're in union with the Father who is true, and we're in union with his Son, Jesus, the Christ, the Jewish Messiah, who is also truly God, that means deity, and who is himself the resurrection life, which is eternal life. Jesus Christ is God, And at Baran Ministries, you can get to know him. We make a difference by teaching the Word of God verse by verse from the Lord's perspective and not from man's perspective. It's a shame when people who are created by God think their view of life is more important than the viewpoint of the one who created them. And like the scribes and Pharisees of Jesus' day, current-day people who teach from man's perspective are described in Mark, Chapter 7, verses 5 to 7, which say this, The Pharisees and the scribes asked Jesus, Why do your disciples not walk according to the tradition of the elders, but eat their bread with impure hands? The Pharisees and the scribes always made sure they had clean hands so that they could slaughter our Lord at the cross. Mark chapter 7, verse 6, And Jesus said to them, Rightly did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites in the Old Testament, as it is written, the pe- this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far away from me. They talk, but they don't do. Mark chapter 7, verse 7, In vain do they worship me. Teaching as doctrines, the precepts of men. When you pick a teacher, you would do well to pick a teacher who is teaching God's viewpoint and not the precepts of men. The word of God is not the word of men, nor is it man's interpretation of what God is saying, but it's actually what God is saying. God has an enemy, Satan, whom God made the ruler of this world for a short time. And in John chapter 12, verse 31, the Lord says, Now judgment is upon this world. Now the ruler of this world, Satan, will be cast out. He'll be dethroned at a future time. Satan sponsors all who seek to steer us away from the truth about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He uses men and women who are willing to do his work. 2 Corinthians chapter 11 verses 13 to 15 say this, for such men false teachers are counterfeit apostles counterfeit is not the original, deceitful workers which means liars, disguising themselves as apostles of Christ 2 Corinthians 11:14 No wonder for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light 2 Corinthians 11:15 Therefore it is not surprising if Satan's servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness when they're really servants of unrighteousness whose end will be according to their deeds Keep your spiritual eyes open for Satan's deceptions. Are you one of the people he uses to spread his lies? Today's Bible lesson, do you prefer freedom or slavery? Do you prefer freedom or slavery? Less than a week ago, on the 4th of July, people in the United States celebrated Independence Day, and it brings to our remembrance the day that a group of brave colonists rejected the tyranny of Great Britain's King George III, who wanted to make them slaves. Instead, they put their lives on the line against the most powerful country in the world, and they chose freedom over slavery. And their decision was completely in line with biblical thought. Galatians chapter 5, verse 1 says this, It was for freedom that Christ set us believers in Christ free. Therefore, keep on standing fast in the freedom, and do not ever again be subject to the yoke of slavery. That is the verse, that is the foundational verse of what we'll study as we study the book of Galatians. It's all about freedom. We have a God who calls us to freedom. Well, let's hear some music. June Murphy is inviting us to, sh- to, to the same freedom in her song, Calling You to Freedom. And she asks all who are tangled in the yoke of slavery, will you come to freedom? It's your choice. Shackle Thank you, June. Let us pray. We're grateful, Heavenly Father, for the privilege of studying your absolute truth, the Word of God. Father, the hardest thing for us to do is to see you for who you really are. You don't make it hard, for your Word is truth. It's hard when we listen to false voices and value them over your voice because we don't expose ourselves to your thoughts and the Word of God with enough frequency to drown out the lies. We hear way too many lies every day, and when the lies are louder than your truth, we believe the lies because they're easier to believe. And In the process, we learn to treat you as an object instead of treating you as a person. As we study your word today, and as we proceed through this life, give us the spiritual eyes to see you as you are, and to never forget what we see in you, even though through the daily bombardment of lies about you that are perpetrated in Satan's kingdom here on planet Earth. We ask this through the power of God the Holy Spirit. In Christ's name, amen. 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 Today's Bible lesson, do you prefer freedom or slavery? Do you prefer freedom or slavery? Parenting is the ultimate challenge. The Lord Jesus Christ, the perfect parent, selects a set of imperfect parents to guide children in the way they should go. And some some parents accept the challenge, some abandon the challenge. For the 12 years when children think their parents are perfect, they follow. For the six years, called the teen years, when children see the imperfection of their human parents, they turn to each other for guidance. And in most cases, it's a disastrous mistake. They turn to people who know nothing of life. At 18 years old, children are granted some of the rights of adults, easing them into launching fully into adulthood at age 21. It's the time when the imperfect parents turn over full control to the perfect parent, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So what is the parenting challenge? It's teaching children the freedom of choice. It's making children aware that God himself gives every human a set of important choices and he allows them to live with their decision. I really think that's the key to success in life. Make your choice and live with your choices. In the Apostle Paul's first missionary journey, as he set out to evangelize with the gospel message throughout Europe and Asia, he parented a series of churches in a region called Galatia, which is modern-day Turkey. His work on behalf of the Lord Jesus Christ set the churches in Galatia on the right path, and he founded several churches in that region. He set them on the right path, God's path. And not long after Paul had left the area, as is always the case, a group of false teachers called Judaizers infiltrated the churches and made a counterfeit but appealing offer to the believers there. The Judaizers contended, you could be so much more and you could be so much better if you added to your Christianity. You need to be Jewish to be saved. You need to be circumcised to be saved. Believing in Jesus alone is not enough to be saved. You have to work to be saved. In other words, what they wanted to do is take them backwards into the Mosaic Law and backwards into slavery and away from the freedom of the cross and the freedom of Christianity. They claimed you have to work to gain God's favor. Well, there are a lot of people who have that same philosophy today, like teenagers. The Galatian churches believed the Judaizers instead of believing the one who parented them. It's not at all unusual that when something is going well in your life, Satan sends in his emissaries to ruin everything. And if you've ever experienced things going well in your life, especially if you are a Christian, Satan uses people to ruin what you have started. And most often, He uses other Christians. When Paul found out what happened after his departure from the Galatian region, he went nuts. That's one of the things I like about the letter to the Galatians. We're going to see Paul go nuts. And today, as we begin the study of Paul's letter to the churches at Galatia, we will have some fun seeing him go nuts. As with every letter we study, there are ten questions that we consider before embarking on the study. What are the questions? First, who wrote the letter we are about to study? Second, who was the letter directed to? Third, where did the people live who are receiving the letter? Fourth, what do we know about the author of the letter, especially at the time he's writing the letter? Number five, when did the author write the letter? Number six, where was the author? when he wrote the letter? Number seven, what was God's purpose in getting the author to write the letter? Number eight, what does God want the author to communicate to the intended audiences of the letter? Number nine, what is the main message of the letter? And number ten, what relevance does the letter have to our lives today? Well, today we'll look at Galatians chapter one. Reading it was assigned a couple of weeks ago through the Barah Ministries newsletter. So let's see what the Apostle has, Paul has to say in Galatians chapter 1 in these 24 verses. Galatians 1.1, 1, 1. Paul, an Apostle, an Apostle is someone who saw the Lord Jesus Christ personally, Anyone who has never seen the Lord Jesus Christ personally, either when he was on earth or after he was resurrected from the dead, is not an apostle. And there are a lot of people today who call themselves apostles, and they are not. Paul, an apostle, not sent from men, nor through the agency of man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised Jesus Christ from the dead, Galatians 1-2, and all the brethren, all the believers in Christ, who are with me, to the churches of Galatia, Galatians 1.3, grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to you when you make mistakes and peace. God has nothing against you, believers in Christ. Galatians 1.4, the Christ who gave himself up as a substitute for our sins so that he might rescue us from the present evil age according to the will of our God and Father. Galatians 1.5 The Father, to whom belongs the glory forevermore. Amen. Galatians 1.6 I, Paul, am amazed, astonished, shocked, that you are so quickly deserting him who called you by the grace of Christ, deserting him for a different gospel. Galatians 1.7 a gospel of which is really not another gospel at all, because there's only one gospel. Only there are some people among you who are disturbing you and who want to distort, that is, pervert, the gospel of Christ, the one gospel, Galatians 1.8. But even if we, and that's Paul referring to himself and the other apostles, even if we, or even if an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel Contrary to the one we have already preached to you, he is to be accursed. Another way to say that is, may he go to hell. And Paul was so adamant about this that he repeated it. Galatians 1.9, and as we have said before, so I say again. Now, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel, contrary to what you received from us, he is to be accursed. The Greek word is anathema. He should go to hell. Galatians chapter 1 verse 10. For am I, Paul, now seeking the favor of men? Or am I seeking the favor of God? Or am I striving to please men? If I was still tri- striving to please men, I wouldn't be a bondservant of Christ. I'd be a bondservant of men. Galatians 1 11. For I would have you know, brethren, believers in Christ, that the gospel, the one gospel, which was preached by me, is not a gospel that comes from man. Galatians 1.12 For I neither received it from man, nor was I taught it by a man. But I received the gospel through a revelation of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ spoke to Paul directly and gave him the accurate gospel message, the only gospel message. Galatians 1.13, for you have heard of my former manner of life in Judaism, a religion, how I used to persecute the church of God beyond measure and tried to destroy it. He killed men, women, and children who were Christian. Galatians 1.14, and I was advancing in Judaism. I was really getting deep into the religion beyond many of my contemporaries, my peers, Uh, beyond uh, many people in my country, my countrymen, being more extremely zealous for my ancestral traditions, the Jewish traditions. Galatians 1.15. But when God the Father, who had set me apart, even from my mother's womb, who had chosen me before I was even born to do what he had me to do, even though I had taken a different path, who called me, through His grace, because there was no reason for Him to call me. Galatians one sixteen. God the Father was pleased to reveal His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, in me so that I might preach Him among the Gentiles. And I did not immediately consult with flesh and blood. I did not immediately go to human beings to get this information. Galatians one seventeen. Nor did I go up to Jerusalem, the place where everybody who is anybody gets killed, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were the apostles before me. But I went away to Arabia and returned once more to Damascus, where I was knocked off my high horse as I went in to wipe out not only the Christians who were in my own region, but Christians who were in other regions, the equivalent of going from the United States to Europe, because it wasn't satisfying enough to get all the believers in Christ in the United States killed, I want to go to Europe and do it too. Nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me, but I went away to Arabia and returned once more to Damascus to consult with the Lord. Galatians 1.18. Then three years later, I went up to Jerusalem after being educated to become acquainted with Cephas, that's Simon Peter, the one who betrayed Jesus Christ but came back. And I stayed with him for 15 days, a little over two weeks, Galatians 1.19. But I didn't see any of the other apostles except James, the Lord's half-brother. So he got the whole gospel message from the Lord, Galatians 1.20. Now in what I am writing to you, I assure you before God that I am not lying, Galatians 1.21. Then I went into the regions of Syria, and Cilicia, and Cilicia was his hometown. He is called Saul of Tarsus, Paul of Tarsus, which is in Cilicia, Galatians 1.22. And I was still unknown by sight to the churches of Judea, which were in union with Christ, but only they kept hearing, he who once persecuted us is now preaching the faith which he once tried to destroy. That's the way that they describe Paul. He who once persecuted us, this Paul, is now preaching the faith which he once tried to destroy. And not so oddly enough, they didn't have a lot of confidence that he was telling the truth. They just thought he was using this to lure them in so that he could kill even more. Galatians one twenty four, And they were glorifying God the Father, though, because of me. So that's the first chapter of Galatians that we'll study. And so what I'd like you to do is look that over again between now and the next lesson to see what you see. Because in the next lesson, we'll be answering the 10 questions. And we'll get into the depth of the message in Galatians chapter 1. So between now and then, see if you can answer the 10 questions for yourself. Ask yourself what the Apostle Paul is communicating in Galatians chapter 1 to you as a believer in Christ Now when we return from the break We'll take the offering And then we'll celebrate the Lord's Supper Take a five minute break
0: Why you ever chose me Has always been a mystery On my life I've been told I belong At the end of the night Will all the other not quite. We'll all the never get it right. But it gotcha. turns out they're the ones you were looking for all this time. Cause I'm just a no- For the world to see Nobody but Jesus I'm looking for the world to see Nobody but Jesus When Moses had stage fright And David brought a rock to a sword fight You picked twelve outsiders Nobody would have chosen And you changed the world Well, the moral of the story is Everybody's got a purpose For the world to see Nobody but you
1: Today's Bible lesson, Do You Prefer Freedom or Slavery? Well, Christians are to follow the Lord's example in everything, especially in giving. John chapter 3, verse 16 says this, God the Father loved the world unconditionally, and He loved the world so much that He gave His uniquely born Son. You are free to give as you wish. Well, what's the best time for Christians to give? There never must be a time where Christians don't give. Everything we have comes from God. And when we give, we are simply redirecting the resources that God has given us to his purposes. Giving expresses your faith in God. You don't worry about the amount you give because in faith, you know God will return it to you abundantly. Let your giving rival God's giving. And watch what flows to your life give something give anything give now and keep on giving let's welcome up deacon Denny Goodall with one of his always inspiring offering messages
2: Good morning. Can you hear me? Check, check. You can hear me? All right, cool. It's always weird using the handheld mic. Can't tell if it's going through or anything. Good morning. My name is Denny Goodall, and I'm blessed to be a deacon for Barra Ministries because this is a place where we learn about courage, and not just courage that you hear about in in a dictionary, but this is courage, spiritual courage. This is courage that is the full realm of courage from God, a divine set of courage. <clears throat> this is courage that can get you through ha- to make you have physical courage to have you make you have moral courage and make you have spiritual courage. This is just like putting on the full armor of God, just not part of it, all of it. And so I was thinking a lot about courage this week and it's it's really easy to give up in life and give up on things and have a coward mentality and kind of wanna want to cower away from things in life. but that's that's really not what courage is. Courage isn't the absence of fear, it's just the it's the triumph over it. It's not worrying about that you're going to have to have problems in life, just knowing that you can get over them. And In Christ, we're not fighting for his victory. We're fighting fighting from his victory. So we don't have to be worried. We can just calm ourselves in the, in the midst of things. And, you know, I thought about physical courage where a firefighter rushes into a building, and you know, they sacrifice their lungs and their physical, their body, and they could get hurt, and they just run right in and help somebody. And that's not easy to do. You know, and you, you can't say that they weren't scared to, to go in there. I'm sure they were scared to go in there. And you think about moral courage. You know, you've, I'm sure all of us have seen a bully beating up on a younger kid or beating up on a nerd or somebody that doesn't deserve it. And what do you do? Do you help them out? Do you stand up? It takes real courage to stand up against that person and take the flack from all the other people and, and all that thing. And This is something you get from God. This is not something you get from the world, a full realm of courage. And you think about spiritual courage, what Christians have to do each day in this world In in America, we're pretty easy. We have it pretty easy. We're lucky. We're fortunate. But around the world, people are getting killed and slaughtered for just saying Jesus Christ. for showing up together. And those people have to have spiritual courage to even show up and and hang out together. And so my hat's off to them for for really going (laughs) a lot farther than we have to. You know, you just get in our cars or on our computer and watch all this. It's amazing. But, you know, when you think about that physical courage, moral courage, spiritual courage, what is that acronym? P.M.S. I want you guys to have P.M.S. Because when you think about it, a woman having those problems has to have physical courage to go through it. She has to have moral courage to not want to kill somebody while she's going through that. And they also have to have spiritual courage because you've got to wonder why a God would let you go through that. And so it's like the ultimate symbol of courage. And so... You know, when I looked in the Bible, this verse, I love this verse, Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 and 11. Um, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might, not ours. Pick up and put on the full armor of God, not just part of it, not just faith, everything, everything. You have to put it all on. and that You can't get that from the world. It's the only thing you get from God. And so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. And there's another huge word, schemes. Look that one up. It's not just He's not just playing around with us. He is attacking us at every turn, at every angle, and He's not using brute force. It's not obvious. It's cunning. It's through the people that you already know. It's through the people that get to you the easiest and have access to you, and the people you at least assume. It's never the big bear. It's just the, the cunning fox that gets you. And so I appreciate everybody at Barah Ministries that stood strong and had courage to to have their own sense of physical courage, moral courage, and spiritual courage to hang on in life, all the things we're dealing with. We're all fighting battles, and it's great to fight the battles together. So thank you very much. Hit it, Denise.
1: Let's have the Lord's Supper celebration. At the cross, the Lord Jesus Christ offers justification to all who believe. At the cross, the Lord Jesus Christ offers justification to all who believe. Welcome to the Lord's Supper celebration. As we remember the Lord, let's relax and enjoy memories of the things the Lord has done for us, especially His work on the cross on our behalf. The Lord's Supper allows you to bring to mind the Lord and the Lord alone. Concerning the Lord's Supper, the Lord commands, keep on doing this Lord's Supper celebration in remembrance of me. The Lord Jesus Christ is the most important relationship in a believer's life. He's even more important to unbelievers because of what he offers them, the free gift of the resurrection life, if they want it. The Lord is the source of everything special about you, and he is the source of everything special in your life. At some point in your life, you have most likely heard of a man named Martin Luther. He was like many of us. He wanted to know the Lord. He wanted to have a relationship with him. Unfortunately, like many of us, he chose a counterfeit path to get to know the Lord, a counterfeit path called Roman Catholicism. Luther was German, and he was a Roman Catholic priest of the Augustinian order of priests. Fortunately, it was more important to Martin Luther to pursue the truth about the Lord. As he studied the Catechism of the Catholic Church, many things made no sense to him, especially as compared to the, uh, as compared when he compared the doctrines of the Catholic Church with the Bible. And like a true German, He was very direct about his findings that the Catholic Church was teaching a false Christ and a false salvation offer. His outspokenness started what is known as the Protestant Reformation. He protested and became called a Protestant, and he was excommunicated from the Catholic Church by Pope Leo X. His thoughts, spoken in words, almost got him killed. And he tacked 95 propositions, 95 theses on the Vatican door assailing things that were being taught in the Catechism of the Catholic Church that were nothing like what was being taught in the Bible. Luther's study of Paul's letter to the Romans, which is the foundational book of biblical Christianity, sowed the seeds of doubt about the Catholic form of faith. Yet his study of Paul's letter to the Galatians, the letter we're about to study, confirmed that something was wrong with Roman Catholic doctrine. Luther's question was really simple. Is a person saved by his good works, as Roman Catholicism proposes? You have to believe in Christ, but you have to keep the sacraments, and you have to pay for indulgences, and you have to, and you have to, and you have to. Or is a person saved by God as a free gift from his grace? The answer to this question is one that every person who will ever live on this earth has to answer. And the choice of answers determines this person's eternal future. You have the freedom to make choices, and you have the freedom to live with your choices. Do you place your confidence, which is called faith, in yourself? to do things to save yourself or do you place your confidence again that's faith in the work of the Lord Jesus Christ at the cross to save you the Lord Jesus Christ proposes that you are saved by faith in him alone there's only one way to heaven it's called the doctrine of justification and you're going to hear that a lot The doc, as we study Galatians the doctrine of justification by faith alone in Christ alone a doctrine that is absolutely foundational to being a Christian. Well, what is justification? Justification is the choice of a gracious Lord Jesus Christ to pardon all of our sins. Put that up, Denny. To pardon all of our sins, past, present, and future, through the shedding of his blood at the cross, so that we might have the opportunity to be saved through a single decision, faith alone in him alone, as the ticket to eternal life. When anyone places his faith in the Lord alone for salvation, the Lord credits his own righteousness to this person. And from that point forward, through a single decision, God provides a legal contract to those who place their faith in him. He considers each person who decides for faith alone in Christ as righteous in his sight forever it is as if the Lord places a microchip in us. And whenever people on the outside are telling us the way we are, because they're speaking from their perspective, all we have to do is look at the microchip and see that we are righteous in God's sight. So if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you have made that decision, Think about it for a second. No matter what you do, from that moment forth, the Lord sees you only one way, because the Lord always works in one. He sees you as righteous. There is no human in your life who sees you that way, way. Not now, not ever. What human beings do is they point at your imperfections, and they ignore their own, and they want you to think because they're being used by Satan. They want you to think that there's something wrong with you that is not wrong with them. And that is never the case. When the Lord was on the earth, despite all the Old Testament teachings about how to recognize the Lord Jesus as the Christ, the Jewish Messiah, his people refused to see him for who he is. Do you ever have that problem? In spite of your best efforts? In spite of all the evidence, do people refuse to see you as you are? Welcome to the Lord's Club. They saw Jesus only as they wanted to see him. No matter how inaccurate their viewpoint, it's the exact same in your life. People see you the way they want to see you as opposed to how you are, regardless of the evidence. Justification by faith means God the Father declares a person as righteous because he's in union with Christ. And if you're a believer in Christ, at the moment of salvation you are placed into union with Christ. And anyone in union with Christ is fully accepted by God the Father for all eternity. And when he looks at you, he only sees one thing, your righteousness that was credited to you by his Son the Lord Jesus Christ. And when we start seeing ourselves that way, we won't worry a lot about what people see or what they don't see. People see what they want to see, and they can see whatever they want to see. It doesn't mean that what they see is accurate. What it means is what they see is irrelevant because what God sees is what's relevant, and what he sees in his believers in Christ is the absolute righteousness that he credited to our accounts and he will never see us a different way through the Apostle Paul the Lord communicates to us this way Romans chapter 3 verse 28 we're gonna go on a tour of the Bible it says this for we and that's Paul talking about himself we maintain that a man is justified by faith alone in Jesus Christ alone apart from the works of the Mosaic law there are the poles. you can have faith in Christ for your salvation Or you can work and try to keep the Mosaic Law. Only one person has been successful at keeping the Mosaic Law. And every jot and every tittle of the Mosaic Law, and that was the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you choose faith in Christ alone for your salvation? Or do you choose your works for your salvation? The choice is yours. Make your choice. You have the freedom to make your choice. And then live with the consequences. Romans chapter 4, verse 5 says this, But to the one who does not work for salvation, but believes in the Lord Jesus Christ, who justifies the ungodly. And those are two words. The godly, believers in Christ. The ungodly, unbelievers. You know, we we always hear people, Oh, he's a godly man. Well, all that means is he's a believer in Christ. He's a Christian. He's an ungodly man. All that believes is he is an unbeliever, he has rejected a relationship with Christ. To the one who does not work for salvation, but believes in the Lord Jesus Christ who justifies the ungodly, the unbeliever, this person's faith is credited as righteousness by God the Father. When you have the righteousness of God credited to you, it is your admission ticket to heaven, given directly by God, saving you for all eternity the moment you close your eyes in this life. Heaven has no pearly gate. And if it did, the last person the Lord would put in charge of the gate is the apostle Peter who betrayed him. The way to get to heaven is simple. Faith alone in the Lord Jesus Christ apart from anything you do. Faith alone allows God to credit his righteousness to you. And from that point on, he sees you as perfect and righteous no matter how you see yourself and no matter how others see you. God's thoughts are not our thoughts. The Bible is overwhelmingly complete in its proclamation that you are saved by faith in Christ alone. Romans chapter 5, verses 17 to 19 say this. For if by the first transgression by the one, Adam, spiritual death reigned as king through the one, and it did. Adam's first sin was credited to all of us. For all of us were considered to have sinned when Adam sinned. Much more, though, those who received the abundance of grace And the gift of righteousness through faith alone in the one, Jesus Christ, the last Adam, will have spiritual life reign as king, the resurrection life from the exact moment of salvation. Romans 5.18 So then, as through the principle of one transgression, Adam's transgression, there resulted in condemnation to all, even so through the principle of one act of righteousness, by Jesus Christ, there resulted in justification by faith to all who choose faith in Christ alone. Romans 5.19 For as through Adam's disobedience the many were made sinners, that is, unbelievers, the people who reject a relationship with Christ, even so, through the obedience of the Lord Jesus Christ, the many who believe in Christ through faith alone will be considered righteous before God the Father. That's right. When you believe in Christ, the Lord stencils a plus R to your forehead. When you believe in Christ, the Lord injects you with a microchip that says plus R, and it is your admission ticket to heaven. Please, let these thoughts from the word of God sink deeply into your psyche. Keep on thinking about these things. Romans chapter 10 verse 4 says this, For the Lord Jesus Christ is the termination of the Mosaic Law. Everyone before him failed to keep the Mosaic Law. And if you violate one thing in the Mosaic Law, you have violated the whole thing. Jesus Christ didn't violate a single thing. He fulfilled the Mosaic Law. For the Lord Jesus Christ is the termination of the Mosaic Law so that there may be absolute righteousness credited to everyone who believes in the Lord Jesus Christ through faith alone. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21 says this. God the Father made Jesus the Christ, the Jewish Messiah, who knew no sin. He lived a perfect life without sin despite Temptations that are worse than you could ever experience, ever. God the Father made Jesus the Christ who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that the believers in Christ might become the righteousness of God the Father in union with Christ, so that we might be credited with righteousness from God the Father through our union with Jesus Christ. Galatians chapter 2, verse 16. Nevertheless, knowing that a man is not justified, by the works of the Mosaic law. You can work and work and work and work and there is nothing you can do to keep the law. And therefore, you cannot be saved by keeping the law. You can work and work and work and work and work and you can never stop sinning. So you can never be the perfect one that you would like to be. But a man is justified through faith in Christ Jesus alone. Even we who have believed in Christ know that we're justified by faith alone in Christ and not by the works of the Mosaic Law, since by the works of the Mosaic Law no flesh will be justified. Is the Lord Jesus Christ clear enough for you in his word? The Lord Jesus communicated to the Apostle Paul, just as he communicated to Martin Luther, and just as he communicates to each of us today through his word that he is willing to justify anyone, whosoever. He is willing to declare a legal contract that is sealed by God the Holy Spirit forever to anyone who through faith alone in Christ places his confidence in Christ for salvation. That is something that you must never doubt. Because of the Lord's work on the cross, each of us who believe in him is justified by faith. During the Lord's Supper celebration, we remember, we are grateful, and we have confidence because the Lord is a God of his word. He never breaks a promise. Let's enjoy the elements. Bread and wine. The Lord gave us these things to remember him. We will enjoy the elements together in a few moments as we listen to the Lord's Supper song. Matthew chapter 26, verse 26 to 28 tells us the reason the Lord wants us to celebrate this meal together. While the apostles were eating, Jesus took some bread. And after a blessing, he broke the bread and he gave it to the disciples. And he said, take, eat. This is my body, which is being broken for you. Matthew 26, 27. And when Jesus had taken a cup, and given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. Matthew 26, 28. For this is my blood, the blood of a new covenant. Blood, pour it out for whosoever. Blood for the forgiveness of sins. So we celebrate with bread and wine. We celebrate to remember that Jesus Christ died as our substitute, that Jesus Christ is risen from the dead to prove his deity, and that Jesus Christ will come again to gather us unto himself. Jesus forgives us once and for all time through his work on the cross. We celebrate and we are grateful. Enjoy the elements as we listen to God's spell sing day by day.
3: Day by day, day by day Oh dear Lord, three things I pray To see thee more clearly, love thee more dearly Follow thee more nearly, day by day Day by day Day by day, oh dear Lord, three things I pray to see thee more clearly. Love thee.
1: moments of our lesson today could be the 10 most important minutes of your life. We want you to know that God wants you. And what he wants from you is that you make the most important decision of your life. Where you spend eternity matters to God because you matter to God. He wants you to be saved. In John chapter 4, Verses 13 and 14, the Lord Jesus Christ is talking to a woman at a well, a Samaritan woman, whom the Jews wanted nothing to do with. And after a brief introduction, the Lord says to the woman, Everyone who drinks of the water in this well will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I, the Lord Jesus Christ, will give him, the water of the word, the gospel message, shall never thirst. Thirst. But the water that I will give him will become in him a well of water springing up to the resurrection life, eternal life. It is the Lord's will for you to live with him in heaven forever when you close your eyes in this life. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 and 4 say this, This is what's good and acceptable in the sight of the God who is our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who desires all men to be saved and who desires for all men to come to the knowledge of the truth. Unfortunately, most people think religion shows the way to be saved. Is religion the truth? Billions of people in this world think so, believing religion and its rituals are the ticket to heaven. They embrace religious beliefs that tell them how to live, but the religions never tell them how to have a personal relationship with the Lord. Religions propose that if you don't do everything that God expects that he will be disappointed and regardless of your best efforts to follow the religious rituals which you can't and don't do even if you do them all the religion does not guarantee that you will get to heaven Christianity is not a religion it's a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ it's a relationship guaranteed to save you getting to heaven when you close your eyes in this life is as simple as a nine-word conversation with God the Father, like the one in Luke, chapter 23, verses 42 and 43. A thief being crucified next to Jesus was saying, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Nine little words. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Luke 23, 43, and Jesus said to him, Truly I say to you, today... You will be with me in paradise. A nine-word conversation with God can get you to heaven. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Or if you prefer a couple of five-word conversations with God the Father. Father, I believe in Christ. Or as a man said to Jesus when he was on the earth, I believe, help my unbelief. Believe, 98 times in the gospel of John, The gospel, which is about the deity of Christ. Believe. Just take God's word for what it takes to be saved. And that is the moment of eternal life for you. Acts chapter 16, verse 31 says, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved by God. You and everyone in your household who also believes. Well, who is this God that saves you? The Apostle Paul describes the Lord Jesus Christ in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 3 and 4. For I, Paul, delivered to you believers in Christ as of primary importance, the gospel message I also received directly from God, that it was Jesus Christ who died for our sins according to the Old Testament scriptures. And he was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third day, according to the Old Testament scriptures. If you reject the relationship of the Lord, if you reject the relationship offer he makes to you, he will honor your rejection. Matthew chapter 13, verses 49 and 50 say this, So it will be at the end of the age. The elect angels will come forth and take out the wicked, a description of unbelievers, from among the righteous, believers in Christ, Matthew 13, 50. And will throw the wicked into the furnace of fire, the lake of fire. And in that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. How gracious of the Lord to allow all the people who reject him to live together in one place where they can all have a rejection party for all eternity. On the other hand, once the Lord saves you, No matter how hard you try, you cannot lose your salvation. Remember why? Because he sees you as righteous and only sees you as righteous from the moment of salvation, even though you don't see yourself that way, and even though you wish upon wish upon wish that people would see you that way. John chapter 10 verse 38 says this, I, the Lord Jesus Christ, give eternal life to believers in Christ, at the moment of salvation, and from then on. And they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. So anyone who says to you that you can lose your salvation is lying to you. So follow the advice in John chapter 3, verse 36. He who believes in the Son has the resurrection life right at that moment. But he who does not obey the command to believe in the Son will not see the resurrection life. Instead, the wrath of God, the lake of fire, abides on him. It is not religion that gets you to heaven. It's relationship with the one and only Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Have that conversation with God the Father right now, and you will be saved. Well, let's close with music. Christy Knuckles shouts about her freedom from the rooftops of the world in her freedom song. he's actually shouting from the mountaintops, not from the rooftops, who's a little higher. The mountaintops are a little higher than the rooftops. Let us pray. Almighty God and Father, thank you for offering us your freedom. Help us to choose freedom over slavery every minute of the day. We ask this through the power of God, the Holy Spirit, in Christ's name. Say it with me. Amen. Amen. Okay, we'll discuss the lesson uh, and have prayer circle right after this. Join us live or on Zoom in five minutes, immediately following the lesson. Got biblical questions? Ask the pastor. Pastor at BarahMinistries.com Keep on studying the Word of God. Thanks for coming, thanks for watching, and thanks for listening. (laughs)